0: Welcome to Open Government in Florida. I'm Pamela Marsh, President of the First Amendment Foundation, a nonpartisan, nonprofit working for your constitutional rights. On this podcast, we speak with citizens, journalists, leading state advocates, and elected officials about the importance of transparency in government, freedom of the press, and access to government at every level in the Sunshine State. If you want to know how to get the truth in Florida, this is the place to listen and learn. Today, I'm excited to get to talk to Patty Brigham, the president of the League of Women Voters of Florida. Patty is a proven national and state grassroots leader, advocate, and coalition builder. I'm so grateful that she took me under her wing just months after I became president of the First Amendment Foundation. In addition, Patty's been a reporter, Writer and producer in radio, so welcome to Open Government in Florida, Patty.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Pam. Um, really, have been looking forward to this.
0: Great. Well, I want to get into these elections that are coming up fast, but first, tell tell us a little bit about the League of Women Voters of Florida, about its history and its mission.
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, The League of Women Voters turns 100 years old this year. So we are celebrating our anniversary um, and our history of fighting voter suppression and fighting for voting rights, which is essentially our mission that we were founded upon. Uh, We are a nonpartisan organization. We never take positions on candidates or parties. We do take strong policy positions after study and reaching consensus. We're very scholarly in our approach. Uh, We prize education. Uh, We have expanded uh, out. Uh, We are at heart a voting rights issue, but we see everything being connected. So we also work on education, natural resources, gun safety, immigration, uh, and certainly election reform. So we have a lot of various statewide issues that we work on. And certainly we're very active uh, during the legislative session every year.
0: All of those policies relating back to elections in a big way. So everyone mark your calendars. We have the primary election coming up on August 18th with early voting from August 8th through 15th. And then we have the finals, the general election on November 3rd with early voting from October 24th to October 30th. With all that coming up fast, Patty, where
1: are you focusing your efforts now? Well, right now we have launched, or actually quite a few weeks ago, we launched a vote by mail campaign. And what we are asking uh, our listeners to do, all Floridians who are registered to vote, is to request your vote by mail ballot now. The ballots for the primary are in the process of being mailed out as I speak. They start mailing them out July 9th through the 16th. So once you request your ballot, Uh, whether it had been for the primary or the uh, general election in November. First of all, what you want to do is make sure you put it in a safe place so you don't lose it, because we've heard stories like that. We suggest that you tape it to your refrigerator door, because we all visit our refrigerator several times a day.
0: Great idea.
1: (laughs) That way you're able to see it. Uh, Certainly fill out the ballot when you get it, if you're ready to vote. If you know who you're voting for, you have all your information on uh, the the candidates, go ahead and fill it out and put it in the mail. Remember to sign the back of the envelope. Your signature is critical to having your vote by mail ballot counted. Uh, And you can also track your ballot by going to your supervisor of elections website to make sure that it has been received. And they do, these supervisors do offer that service and we encourage our voters to use it. The second thing is, if you don't want to vote by mail, you can vote in person, but we want you to vote early. Go to the early vote centers in your area when they begin to open up. And if you don't want to go inside, we are under a major pandemic. You can stick it in the um, secure Dropbox, and leave it there. That's what they're for to collect the ballots. Or you can go inside and turn it in. And then we have traditionalists who will only vote on election day. I have a good friend who said, "I'm voting on election day." So we, I understand.
0: I like to do that too. I hate to say it, but I do. I like the feel of being in the the place, the polling place.
1: It's exciting. I get it. That. Is so you know, take the ballot to that polling place. You'll either surrender it and they'll give you a new one, or they'll just look to make sure that you haven't voted already and, and vote in person. But what we do urge you to do is, is with your ballot, and you, you've got your ballot secured at home by requesting it early, you, you, you take that and vote early. And we want early voting because we don't want to see a repeat of the kind of long lines we saw in Wisconsin in their primary.
0: And in Georgia, just, you know, not too long ago as well.
1: Exactly. We want you, if you opt to vote early at the site itself, don't wait until the end of the early voting days. Go when they start. Because in talking with some supervisors of elections, we are going to expect long lines at the early vote sites if you wait till the last minute. So you need to take advantage of those sites as soon as they open.
0: I agree. These are different times and times that we make a change to our preferences. I mean, I've already requested my mail-in ballot and I intend to vote that way. So these are just difficult times and we need to think smart and get ahead of the curve.
1: And we also suggest strongly that if you do vote in person, that you wear a mask and take your own pen and to carry some hand sanitizers. We're learning that the supervisors of elections are working to make sure that their polling places are sanitized. And we're all in this together. We have to look out for each other.
0: Absolutely, good advice. There's been a lot of inconsistent messaging out there about voting by mail. What's the truth about voting by mail? Can we be sure those votes get counted?
1: Absolutely. Uh, there is a lot of misinformation out there about vote by mail. And that's very unfortunate because it is one of the safest ways to vote um, and most efficient ways to vote, especially when we are facing this pandemic. Millions of Americans are casting their vote by mail ballots and have been. Uh, you know, it's been, become an even more popular form of voting as the years go by. So we assure our listeners that vote-by-mail fraud is incredibly rare, incredibly rare. And, you know, a number of terrific organizations and universities have done research on this. For example, the Brennan Center at NYU Has written extensively about it, uh, but there is a lot of early voting over time. More number, uh, excuse me, a growing number of voters have chosen the option. Since 2000, more than 250 million votes were cast by vote by mail ballots, and in 2018, more than 31 million Americans cast their ballots by mail. So. With the League of Women Voters would not be encouraging vote by mail if we were not convinced that it was a safe, secure and efficient method of voting.
0: And Patty, those numbers are incredibly persuasive. With COVID heating up again in Florida, um, you mentioned some special accommodations that have been made about dropping off your ballot. But is there more that could be done by Florida's leaders to give more opportunity in a safe way to vote? Well,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, there, there, there is, um, uh, the supervisors of elections sent out a letter in early April to the governor, the league of women voters, and a lot of our partners sent out our own letters reinforcing their ask for specific executive orders on extending deadlines. Um, They need more money for uh, high-speed ballot counters. They only got one of the the many things that they asked for, which is really um, unfortunate because this is such an unusual year. And there is such enormous uh, publicity, concern, uh, attention around this major presidential election. And... We believe that our um, state officials should be doing everything that they can to make sure it's as easy and safe to vote as possible. We would have liked to have seen more of a response from the governor and secretary of state. And unfortunately, that did not happen. Is there still time for them to make those sorts of changes? Well, the supervisors are in the planning stages right now on choosing their early vote sites. Um, I, I have to tell you, I don't know the answer to that. That that would be more of something that a supervisor would be able to tell you.
0: Seems like we're still, you know, over, I guess, a month away from the primary and a couple of months away from the general election. That there's still time to figure out how to accommodate. <laughs> folks. I definitely
1: think so, and the general absolutely. We have several months before November. Right. And conditions are just changing all the time.
0: As you know, the First Amendment Foundation's mission is defending the public's access to government records and participating in open government meetings. Has the League of Women Voters used the Public Records Act or the Sunshine Law as a way for advocating for change? Yes, we certainly have. And- I just recently joined our Tallahassee chapter of the League of Women Voters. What can I expect as a new member?
1: Well, congratulations. Uh, The Tallahassee League is terrific. I'm uh, in Orlando, so I'm a a member of the Orange County League and, of course, the State League. But the Tallahassee League is very active, uh, certainly on voter registration. They actually go into the homeless shelters to vote, to register voters. Of course, we've had to suspend our person-to-person voter registration due to COVID, and we're sending everybody to vote411.org to register to vote. But they are very active on local government issues, on education. Uh, the president, Sally butsin is an education expert. Uh, so you will see uh, a variety of issues that they work on. And whatever your interest may be, I'm sure that there is an issue that they will be happy to get you plugged into and, and happy to help have, have you helping them work on the issue. And. How about men? Can they join the League of Women Voters, too? Absolutely. And I don't remember the year, but it was in the 1970s that uh, the, the League of Women Voters voted to uh, extend the invitation of membership to men. Well, where can listeners go to
0: sign up to become members and, and work with the League of Women Voters and learn more about
1: what you do? Well, I would suggest they go to the Stately website lwvfl.org, And you can find out where your local league is located. We have 29 local leagues in Florida from Pensacola all the way through central Florida and down through South Florida into the keys. So there are lots of local leagues to get plugged into. So for example, if you live in Tampa, you could find the Hillsborough County league on our website and, uh, Plug into them. Great. Well, our time has flown
0: by, Patty. Thank you so much for being here and for all you're doing for Florida through your work. I look forward to joining forces again
1: in the very near future. I do too, Pam. We greatly value the First Amendment Foundation and the work that you do. And congratulations on becoming the new president. And I've already been enjoying working with you, and I certainly look forward to more.
0: Great. And just remember, the First Amendment Foundation is an independent nonprofit. We receive no funding from the government of Florida. We depend on your support. Truly, we won't survive without you. If you believe in our work, please become a member of the First Amendment Foundation today at www.floridafaf.org.